previously on Just Cow in the City. Let me tell you something about this goddamn place. Are you the young man that did the background check on our background check people? Everybody's always watching me. Well, I'm going to go home and watch TV now, thanks. Nothing has happened. Man, does she stink. Hey, you guys, I'm pregnant. Oh, crap. I don't want any ice. I want olives. <laughs> A masterpiece of modern horror. It's never enough, Jessica. Am I right? Hotcha! Just got in the city. Everybody's here looking good and pretty. Been down, isn't it a pity? Trying to make things looking bright and chippy. All around, people seem crazy. Walking around trying not to be lazy. But at night, it's a different place. Making it work in your own space. Come on, come on and dance all night. I'm here each week, it'll be alright. Cause it's just out in the city. Cause it's just out in the city. Cause it's just out in the city. Welcome to the Dave Juskow program, or as what we formerly call Juskow in the City. I am Dave Juskow. I am Juskow in the City, and this is a new, brand new podcast. I mean, the same podcast that you love. Uh, June 14th, 2022 edition, and boy, do we have some fun, lots of great stuff to tell you about today on the podcast. Episode number, it's in its entirety, with the Nightfly, episode number... 376, which means last week was our 375th episode, and I believe I have calculated that around early December, we should hit our 400th episode, that's the Nightfly, that's actually the spread, the Nightfly and Just Get on the City combining, And but why not, right? I mean, it's still me, and it's still technically, the format may have changed, the players may have changed, but the name of the game is still Let's Make a Deal. Now, that is from the movie Working Girl. And that is what Professor Juskow will bring to the table when all this comes to fruition. Now, hello, everybody. I hope everyone has had a wonderful week. I am recording on Sunday. As those of you who are my Patreon subscribers, and let me thank you once again, because although... Uh, money will uh, not be as much of an issue anymore, and we shan't talk about it that much anymore. And I apologize for all the things where I said I am rather destitute, but, you know, it would be a false podcast to not tell you all the the facts and be honest about everything. Uh, I'd like to thank you, the members of all my Patreon subscribers, not just the Maggie level, but everybody, because I uh, actually used, I finally cashed out some of the money that you've been supporting with all month and, and, and it'll keep me going until I finally get paid. You know, I start work tomorrow. I don't know what's going to happen. I don't know anything about it, but it's what it is. I'm very upset about it, but I'm also excited because, well, it'll be nice to have money. The, the hours are strange. Maybe it's just good to get out of the house and interact with people. All of that could be good. But remember, we have in January to look forward to teaching this wonderful class, which I cannot just get enough about. Sometimes I just go around my house saying to myself, and like starting the class, it's it's exciting. You know, that part is really, really cool. This other part, getting a regular job with regular people is not so cool. But, well, we'll see. And next week, I will absolutely regale you with those kind of stories, I suppose, if, if, that's a, if you could say that's a regaling. And of course... In complete Just Gow in the City fashion, 
uh, when and and again, I, I'm I'm hungover, so who knows if my voice will uh, go. Uh, I <laughs> so I'm starting. <laughs> this is great stuff. This is why you listen, and this again why you join Patreon, and I appreciate it to support me. I really do appreciate it. Yesterday, being Saturday, I went to go see. I mean, I just. I mean, I had the strangest day. I mean, it was a great day. It was a really super fun, old fashioned. It's been two, three years since I've had a good time like this. Since anybody's had a good time, I'm saying it's a, a complete COVID can go fuck itself, old-fashioned Saturday where, you know, I do these amazing things and then now we start all over again like it used to be where now I got to go back to this job and be a normal person, which is very difficult. Last night, or yesterday afternoon, me and Sarah Silverman went to go see Mr. Saturday Night the new Broadway show musical with Billy Crystal and David Paymer. And it was wonderful. It was really great. You know, not, not the greatest play of all time. It was great. There's a lot of issues in the sense of, and when I say issues, I mean, it's, it was great. I'm, I'm saying the issues like, you know, the singing isn't up to par of a regular show except for one girl, Shoshana being something around i don't know what her name is uh, she was she played his daughter in the show and she's a professional but the rest of them aren't very good and i think it's just because you know billy crystal and david Paymer sing in it and they're not known for singing so i think they really didn't care to have somebody just you know make them look foolish so that's why i'm a singing i'm assuming they just didn't really care about that kind of stuff and nor did i and nor does anybody else that goes to see mr saturday night it's not what you're expecting and how many times did I want to call it Mr. Saturday Night Live? But I didn't. Anyway, the show was very good. I'm, I'm just trying, I'm thinking of it in my head if there was something in particular. But the, the main point of the story is, and I'm opening with this today, and then it'll all be downhill from here in the podcast because this is so exciting. I even called my mother afterwards. Afterwards, we met Billy Crystal. In fact, uh, somebody came up to our seats and says, like, uh, Billy would like to see you after the show. Because uh, today, and, and taping on Sunday, is the Tony Awards, and Sarah is pre- is presenting, here is a scene from Mr. Saturday Night. So, you know, they kind of went there. And it's just so funny, these older guys, Steve Martin, Billy Crystal, these guys who are legends who Sarah grew up on, all want to meet Sarah. And they all want to hang out with her. Sarah Silverman truly is the epitome of cool. And that's why Bradley Cooper is using her in this new movie and directing her and gives her a bigger part. It says everybody wants to be friendly with Sarah. It's very interesting, especially at her age, that that she's so sought after. Because it's just, and I, I'm not trying to be a dick or anything. Or I'm just stating we all know how it is for women in Hollywood. For so for somebody to be, you know, not 25 and everybody going crazy, is a real testament to her and her staying power. And her just unbelievable journey since the day I met her, it really is fascinating. And then, of course, you know, seeing it all come together in a goddamn Broadway musical that she did. So anyway, we went to go see the show. We go meet him after. You're not going to believe this. And he was great. He was so awesome. Just the three of us, right? Just the three of us. He came out because he can't go backstage anymore because of COVID. So he came out to see us. And we all have to wear masks, which sucks. But we didn't get a picture, which I'm very upset about. You know, so I was like, oh, I forgot. And I'm like, I didn't want to mention it. But so there's no physical evidence that any of this happened. <laughs> but you'll have to take my word for it. 
So we meet Billy Crystal, and I'm like, hey, what the hell? You, you missed my favorite line in the show. <laughs> hey, Crystal. <laughs> He's like, what are you talking about? I'm like, what about the part where you Because <laughs> I don't remember how it came up, but I swear it came up, and he go, my favorite line, my sister and I were doing this after my dad died. I go, we're orphans now. That was my favorite part of the show. When your mother dies in the movie, you and David Paper go, we're orphans now. And it was so funny. He goes, oh, my God. I forgot about that. We got to put. The-. He wasn't kidding. He forgot. Sarah told me later, like, hey, he made a complete mental note of putting that in the show starting tomorrow. I can't believe you gave him that unbelievable suggestion. I'm like, well, it was it's it fits right into what we're doing. I mean, it was so funny. He goes, thanks for that. I'm like, it's all right. Don't worry about it, Billy. That is what I do. I go to people's shows and I comment comment on how they're supposed to be done. You're welcome. You know, it's a good thing for all these people, these legendary comics like Sarah and Billy Crystal and people that I'm around and I can give my Broadway and movie knowledge to these people that I can hand it down for free my advice on how to do a proper Broadway show. Now, after I finished that, I really went for it, and I said, and here's another thing, that paternity rap, no, I'm just kidding, but it was really great. He was really nice and polite, and maybe I was just thinking there's an old Howard Stern show where he's not very nice. He goes, well, you can take this back to Howard, and uh, you can tell him to go shove it or something, and it's a legendary clip where it turns out it's somebody else imitating him doing it or whatever. He wasn't very nice. So I guess that's what I had in my head, but he couldn't have been nicer. It was very exciting to meet him. Jesus Christ, think about this guy. Maybe lest we forget this man, this comedian who's had a really amazing career, played the first gay character on television. You know, he's not gay, but he played the first gay character on television in the 70s on a show called Soap, which I've been watching a little bit late at night lately. In the last episode of Soap, Chester told Jessica he fools around with other women because he's sick and needs help. Mary convinced Jody to move back home, and that way he could get help with the baby. Danny met a girl named Polly at the cemetery who might help him get over Elaine. And Bert, who has trouble sleeping, went to the doctor for a physical, hoping that might help. Confused? You won't be after this episode of Soap. And it is quite the feat because back in the 70s when they were making TV shows, people were like, oh, I'm going to get typecast. I'm going to get typecast. Uh, you know, like um, all the people that did TV shows were afraid they get typecast. They get typecast. What it turns out is if you're a shitty actor, then you get typecast. Uh, you know, but if you're a comedian and you're good or whatever and you're talented, you're not going to get typecast. You're going to be able to do your own thing. So Billy Crystal somehow playing the first gay character stayed with the the series the whole time even after it was a smash and then it went downhill in the ratings he stayed with the show because he understood because he was a working comic and he's like i'm really grateful to have a tv show and he played the first openly gay character on tv and the fact that this guy has had the career he had after doing that we're talking about in the goddamn 70s this isn't like john ritter who was pretending to be a gay guy i mean this is balls and i i gotta tell you i i don't know if i could have done that not in the 70s but i'm saying Let's just say that, you know, gay people were treated the way they were back then in the sense of like, you know, no television shows had them. I don't know if I could have done that just out of embarrassment to, you know, my friends giving me a fuckload of shit, you know? So 
that is amazing. And the fact that he's come this far to you make this movie and then make a you know a musical about it, it really was fun. I even told my mother, I'm like, oh, my mother loves 700 Sundays. She goes, oh, I love doing that. That was a wonderful personal project for me. We really had an amazing conversation. But it's so funny. He's just like, Sarah, I want to hang out with you. It's like I've seen this a hundred times. It's so funny. I know Steve Martin did the exact same thing, and it just doesn't. I mean, it makes sense, and it doesn't make any sense in the whole world. You know, these guys are living legends of comedy, and all they want to do is be friends with Sarah Silverman. It is one fascinating day after the other, and it just never stops. It's really fun to watch. But what a great conversation it was. I, you know, I, I have no problem speaking up. <laughs> you know, like, hey, this is my friend Dave. Just got him. Like, it's nice to meet. And then I just add into the conversation. I don't care. I was having a good time. And obviously, I added good things to the conversation. Meanwhile, the two will meet at the Tonys, uh, uh, taping on Sunday, but we'll know who wins everything on Tuesday. I don't care about the Tonys this year. I don't think there's anything good. It's still COVID ridden. So I don't care. Uh, maybe by next year. You know, I'll care about the Tony Awards again. But meanwhile, I guess, you know, Broadway's technically back, even though we still have to wear those masks. And I, oh, so I, I kind of grew like a beard that I just haven't shaved, you know. And I'm um, like, I was planning on shaving on Saturday. And I'm like, you know, I look pretty good in this thing. I, I did this thing on Friday. I'm going to tell you in a second. I'm going to keep the beard because Sarah likes the beard. And, you know, as we all know, if you've heard on this show before, a lot of times when I have the beard, Sarah, like, remember like thinks about me in a different way in the sense of like i should get him some work he looks good so i was like eh, it's probably a smart idea to keep the beard for today and i can shave it tomorrow you know because it's itching the hell out of me that's why i was thinking about it right now it's just scratching it it itches me so much i don't know how people maintain beards it itches on my you know like on my neck it itches so badly and i've always said especially in the heat that if uh, the, you know, Iraqians, the terrorist people, I really feel if they just, you know, shaved, I think they'd feel better and I think they'd be less angry about everything. And they're like, well, America does suck because right now we're just like with all these mass shootings every day, it really does seem like it sucks. So they should be like, eh, they got their own problems. We should fix our area. We should take all the money we make from terrorism and Maybe uh, swank up the place a little bit, you know, maybe make some uh, sustainable buildings. Maybe let the women walk around in some sexy outfits. Might make us feel a little better. What a bunch of douchebags. Anywho, so I left there and I was in a pretty good mood and I just I dropped Sarah off because then I had to go to this CNN party. You know, my friend is a correspondent for CNN and he invited me to this party in Brooklyn and I... It's, and I was just, I'm like, I was thinking about bringing somebody. I'm like, you know what? I'm just going to go by myself because I don't want to be a dick. And it's very honored to be invited. And, oh, crap. I forgot to, oh, I can't remember now the guy's name. Uh, there were a lot of, what do you call it, uh, correspondents there, you know, at the party. It was fun. I hung out with, all night with this guy. He was so handsome. I mean, my friend's handsome. What was his name? He doesn't work there anymore, but he was. And I have a video of, no, his name was Nick. 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 Ah, Damn it. I'll get his last name. It was good. I'll show you on the bonus show who he is. And um, great guy. And I was hanging out with his, the camp, this cameraman guy who was named Neil. And we hung out the whole night and had a really nice time. And there was all these like producers and stuff of CNN. It was really, I mean, like I'm saying, 
you go from this thing, you go to see a show, you meet Billy Crystal afterwards. I really wanted to meet David Paymer. I've always really, really admired him as well. But again, COVID, otherwise we probably would have. And and then you go to a CNN party. I mean, and then, you know, Wednesday, I got to start my job at a, reg- at a law firm. I mean, who lives a life like that? You know, no one. It's like weird, but it's awesome. And it's total just out the city. What's up, everybody? But it is a, a very odd, strange life. But this was so much fun. He also, this guy, his name is Miguel, and he invites, he's so, such a nice guy and a good reporter that he kind of did this case in March of 2020 where he went to this hospital in Brooklyn and he invited one of the nurses that he just, you know, kind of met along the way and kind of broke open this case where he went to this hospital and people are just on the floors dying and the Trump organization asked them to stop and they can't air the footage because we don't want people to know what's going on. It was really messed up. And that was, you know, what's more interesting than hearing a story like that? And he invited this nurse, Arabia was her name, from the hospital that he's still friends with after two years. And she even said, she's like, it's really rare. We, you know, we got a lot of reporters hanging around and they all say they're going to keep in contact, but this guy really does. And that's pretty cool. I mean, he really, it, it, it's kind of exciting. I mean, I mean, I guess that's what I do. I keep everybody around uh, from my life, but that's even more interesting, you know, the way they met and everything. And that's an amazing story. Like he was kind of blowing the lid off COVID and letting the world know, hey, it's really fucking bad. And nobody, and this girl say nobody's going to this hospital because it's like a, it's in Brownsville, Brooklyn, I think. And it's more like a, I guess, a black neighborhood hospital. So no one was going there and nobody, none of the reporters or anything. And he was like, and he went and really blew the lid off and said, this is a, even, it could be a bigger problem for black people. Remember there was that thing like uh, black, maybe black people getting it worse. I, I don't know. Well, what I'm saying is he uh, he blew the lid off the case with his journalistic prowess. It was very impressive and really cool. I don't know. Then I just met all these other people. Like it wasn't a lot of you know. It's a, he's a gay guy, so there weren't a lot of chicks there. Right? You know, I met this one girl and we were talking. I'm like, hey, I think I'm doing pretty well. Then she goes, yeah, you know, my boyfriend said this exact same. My boyfriend has that exact same watch. Oh, is that right? So she just so it was around the time that you mentioned uh, the Holocaust that she mentioned she had a boyfriend. Yeah, that's right. So what you're saying is uh, maybe she came up to the line of scrimmage, saw the play, and she uh, caught an audible. And I'm like, what? So you don't think she has a boyfriend at all? I'm doing a Seinfeld bit because uh, it's funny every time when you're talking to somebody and then all of a sudden throughout it, you know, like you're wondering, wait, where did I mess up that she mentioned the boyfriend? That's all right though. So you just pretended it didn't bother you. <laughs> What is that boyfriend? I don't understand that. What, what does she think I asked her out for? Well, it's the way they just slip it in there, too. Yeah, yeah. yeah, like it's all just part of the conversation. Oh, my boyfriend really likes watches. He's a real watch freak. Well, that's fabulous. I had a really good time, and I drank a lot uh, in a good way. They uh, This uh, woman was making uh, ginger margaritas, and they were frozen ones. You know, I, I love frozen margaritas. She made them, and they were so good because they weren't that sweet and they weren't that gingery. They were really perfect. They were really hitting the spot. Before I went, though, so I was also wearing this really cool shirt, I think, that I found that, you know, is not black because, you know, it was a 
daytime party and doesn't make me look completely fat. In fact, Sarah's even like, boy, you, that, that's a great shirt. Is that shirt new? It's great. So I was pretty happy about that, about the choice of what I was going to wear because I really wasn't sure. I'm not ready for summertime wear yet, even though it's getting there. The weather has been so nice here in the city. You know, it's actually spring. It's really pleasant outside, you know, before it gets humid and gross. So it's actually been really fun to like hang around outdoors. And I'll tell you more about that in a second. But it was uh, so, yeah, I got there like around, you know, I went to the matinee and then I went to this liquor store. So I said, oh, I'll get, you know, I was like, what should I bring? I got to bring something. So I looked up in advance because I'm an adult and older now to make sure I could get liquor because I didn't know what to do in Brooklyn and found a liquor store right by the Port Authority. I'm like, well, what are they going to have in there? And I found this like, you know, like a hilarious bottle of wine, which is like a a Martha Stewart vineyard, which I thought would be funny, you know, uh, for gay guys. Uh, So um, so I bought it and I went to the store and the guy at the counter seemed okay, but there's like a, a drunk like standing next. I'm like, do you need to go? He's like, nah, nah, nah. And I'm like, why are they letting him stay here? I don't know. I guess, I guess when your liquor store is at the port across the street from the port authority, you just let the homeless or bums, I guess, as we used to call them, just hang out there because you have to, because it's impossible to shoo them all away. And the guy just kept talking about a dollar and a dollar. I guess he wanted me to give him a dollar. And I wasn't sure if I was supposed to give him a dollar or if, you know, if they encourage it. But I just gave him a dollar. And the guy over the counter was like, oh, cool. And I'm like, yeah. It's it's a very strange city to live in. And then I, so then I took the subway. I've been taking the subway again lately because it's, you know, I'm back. I wear a mask. And it's just really the easiest way to get around. I mean, I even transferred yesterday. It's just, but it was packed. Oh, my God. On a Saturday afternoon, the A train was completely packed. And 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 that and that's where I was like, I didn't care that it was packed. I mean, I, I'm going to hate that if that's the way it is going to work now. But um, thank God I was wearing a mask. That's all I was thinking. I'm like, a mask. I don't feel like this is a problem. You, you got to wear that mask in the subway for the rest of my life. I will wear a mask in the goddamn subway. It's so disgusting down there. And then I transferred over to the L train. I got there. Everything was great. And I must have, I guess I stayed for about five hours. And I didn't, I didn't know anybody, you know, so it was difficult. I mean, I knew Miguel, and then I just kind of went around and, you know, had a couple of drinks. So then I was ready to meet people. I was like, I can do this. I can do this. Because it really is one of those things. You know, it's a small backyard, and I don't know anybody. So I just um, went up and started talking to people, which is... Uh, difficult and quite frankly i don't know if i'd be able to do it if i didn't drink i think i could but i don't know the drinking certainly helps and that's why you do serve alcohol at a party so it lowers your inhibitions if you excuse me for a minute i'm just gonna take a little sip of coffee oh that's sweet (laughs) it's really not sweet i never put sugar in my coffee because i usually have a donut so why would you need sugar in your coffee if you're already having a whole crap load of sugar so I really had a good time. Then it turned out to be night. And then I'm like, well, then I was thinking about taking the, you know, motorcycle home. But, you know, I have to stop at Queens and then do all this. I'm like, you know what? You know what? You know, it'll be 10 times easier. Screw it. I'm taking the subway back. It drops me off on First Avenue. And then I'll take a city bike home from there. It just couldn't be any easier. And that's exactly what it was. And now I was hungry because I planned my whole day. Like I went to Dunkin' Donuts before 
like around noon and I got like some bagel balls or something, something to just kind of fill up a little bit and a muffin because I knew I wasn't going to eat the rest of the day because at this party, at the CNN party, he had all this food. But, you know, I will not eat in front of people. So I knew I wasn't going to eat anything. So I was okay. But then I was really hungry. I'm like, well, what am I going to have? And I took the city bike home and I, on 34th Street, I just stopped the bike and I ordered from a diner and I ordered spaghetti. <laughs> I Please don't make fun. I don't know why. And a baked potato because <laughs> I just want to eat as many carbs as possibly humanly possible and a ginger ale. I don't know. And then I only ate half of it. I was really proud of myself and also angry at myself that I ordered so much food. But I put it in the. I was very happy that I didn't go crazy. Really proud of myself. And I got home at like it was only like twelve thirty. Like the Mets game was still on, which that's another thing too. I don't know if you know about this. You know the Mets have been playing on the West Coast all week, so you know I've been watching these games late at night. And then sometimes I'll turn on the Yankees game just to see what's happening if it's the only game in town. And Friday night when I was home doing nothing. Um, the Yankees game and the Mets game weren't on. They're on the okay, the Yankees game was on Amazon Prime, and what I found, and that's I think where Thursday night football is going to be. I just have nothing. Oh God, Amazon, stop! Why do I do that? I can't say that word. But it doesn't work well. You know, it's there's a lot of interference. It's a lot of um, pausing and stuff. It's it's awful. It's awful to watch a sporting event. I don't think they have it ready yet. It can't just be my internet service because everybody has the same internet service. This is a horrible way to watch a sporting event, let alone you can't go back and forth to the station and watch other games because the Amazon thing is on a fire stick, so I got to go back and forth and change my input. It stinks, and it really pisses me off. And then the Mets game, which I really wanted to watch, was on Apple TV, which I don't have. And, and and how many things can I get? I finally did get Disney Plus, so I can watch. Uh, I've been watching. Uh, uh, I've been watching Winnie the Pooh. I don't know. It makes me feel better. <laughs> I can't explain it. Like I'll watch a show like The Boys or something, you know, which has people uh, heads blowing up and stuff like that on Amazon. And then, and then uh, I'm saying it quietly so my thing doesn't go off. And then I'll watch Winnie the Pooh to kind of relax. So, but I, you know, it's I like that Disney Plus channel. It's kind of fun. Now, Pooh was not the sort to give up easily. When he put his mind to honey, he stuck to it. Now, honey rhymes with bunny, and bunny rhymes with uh, rabbit. Yeah, and I like rabbit because he uses short, easy words like "How about lunch?" and "Help yourself, Pooh." Pooh, lunch? Oh no, not again! Oh my! Oh my! Oh my goodness gracious! Is anybody at home? So yeah, but I was just so angry because I'm like, I, so now there's no in my area where they always it's the black. I mean, I can't watch the Mets or the Yankees on Friday nights. I mean, that's really messed up. That's like really messed up. Not that I care. I mean, I just want to watch like a little bit. I get bored. I turn it back. I like switching the channels like everybody else, like a normal person. This stinks. And I don't know who they're catering to. What kids do you know that are watching 
a baseball game. You know, the, the people that have cut the cords, who who's watching a baseball game anymore? You know, it's an old man thing. I can see, you know, a lot of people watch basketball, obviously football. You know, nobody watches hockey, although they put it back on ESPN. Oh, and that's another thing. Thank God the Rangers got out of it last night. Tampa Bay won four in a row. It was awesome. They took them to school, and the Rangers are done. Good riddance. And I don't know whether you heard. The reason I don't like the Rangers anymore, and I think you know, the reason, same reason I don't like the Yankees, I can't stand their fans. Their fans can suck it for all I care. They're horrible people, right? And I like the Devils. So I never had any problem with the Rangers until I ended up going to a game. I'm like, boy, these fans are just absolutely awful. And the culmination was this week after the Tampa Bay game, I guess, um, what, Wednesday night? I can't remember. Uh, One of the Rangers fans sucker punched a Tampa Bay Lightning fan, and I will show it to you. It's on video. The guy just passed out. And fortunately, that guy's going to, of course, he's from, oh, where's he from? He's from Staten Island. And now it does look like the Tampa Bay guy might have been saying stuff, but you still can't punch anybody in the face because you lost a game. It's really messed up. And, for, you know, so there we go. These fans are just the absolute worst. And again, it's not so much the range on the radio, you know, so I listen to the sports radio all night. The Yankees fans really are the worst because the Yankees, which is so annoying, they just keep winning and winning and winning. And then all you hear on the sports station where I live in New York City is complaining complaining about the this is the worst fans ever they're so spoiled and horrible and i yes i'm talking to you people i know there's a, a bunch of you out there stop dissing on the yankees too bad then don't listen to the podcast anymore how about that i don't care for you i'm very uptight that the mets and the yankees are going to be in the subway series and then it's just going to end again in a mets defeat and i can't handle it i tell you i can't handle it this is a very exciting season for the Mets, but the Yankees are taking the credit again because they're playing unbelievably. What are you going to do? Anyway, this, I didn't mean to talk about sports today. I just can't help myself because that Rangers thing was so messed up. You got to see it. It's really, it just, it was another example. I'm like, well, I guess I don't really need to be a Rangers fan. Now they have solidified that. Uh, before I go on to what I did on Friday, I'm going to go backwards today because it's kind of interesting. Uh, I'll just play you a little bit of uh, Mr. Saturday Night. This is that girl. What's her name? Shoshana Bean or something? I don't know. She plays Billy Crystal's daughter who's very upset and angry because he's been a bad father. It's the typical thing, but it doesn't matter. She's actually the only real Broadway talent in the show, and I, I didn't mean, I really didn't mean that to be detrimental. I think she's just like a professional Broadway person where the other people are more uh, whatever the hell they are. I came back from my latest slip I managed to pick up my 90 day trip Do you put a price tag on what I'm worth? Now, here comes this chance for a job in my line It's nothing fancy, but it would be mine You've ruined my first 40 years on this earth No big deal, hey, it's just life or death. There's a chance, there's a chance I might finally see something through. 
taking drugs and I'm not robbing banks and if I get this job by the seat of my spanks Hey now, <laughs> that was the best song in the whole show. Actually, uh, everything else is just okay, but that was like the most uh, Broadwayish, uh, fun, really exciting, entertaining song. And again, somebody who really sings well. So you know, as far as I was concerned, the second act was a little bit slower and a little bit more emotional, and some maybe a little too much uh, songs by certain people that shouldn't be singing. But the bottom line is. The review is a very positive review. In fact, I don't mind telling you on... Okay, so... Uh, should I go backwards? Should I go forwards? Let's just talk about Wednesday then. Wednesday, the reviews for Sarah's play came out. And the New York Times and the New York Post did not care for it. I don't know what happened. It was shocking to me. And the guy in the Post, my boy, the guy I like, Johnny Aleski, I, I'm not, I know I'm pronouncing his name incorrectly. I usually love his reviews because they're always scathing i was so surprised he did not like it and they really picked on the direction and the sets the set design it was very strange however and sarah was very upset i just got a text from her do you want to see uh mr saturday night on saturday and i don't want to talk about the reviews and that's how i knew that the reviews were out but as the day went on I heard from my friend Vincent, who knows the guy from the New York Times. I can't remember his name. I want to say like just Josh Green. I I don't know what it is. And uh, he said, oh, what are you talking about? I thought that was a a kind of a a positive review, like a rave. And I'm like, what are you talking about? He goes, well, that's the way the guy writes. He just picks on certain things, but it seemed like he really liked the show. So I told her that, and I think that made her a little happy. And my friend Lawrence as well said, oh, I know that guy. I thought it was a positive review. What are you talking about? Like, So I guess... People that are not in the know of this guy's writing thought it was bad, but it turns out it was good. Let alone, I mean, the Post really didn't like it, but everyone else liked it. These other magazines, the Daily Bees, the Gothamist, the Observer, they all really, really liked it just the way we thought. That's why it was so surprising. I mean, everybody we talked to, I mean, are we like, are, are we just stupid because we like Sarah and that's why we like the show or did we miss something? Why is it bad? What are they doing? So I, I don't know. But she's definitely uh, feels better about it now, and it's certainly not slowing up ticket sales. I think they want to extend the show again. So, Sarah, as usually, critic proof doesn't really matter. It's a great show. Again, if you're in town by the end of July, you got to go see it. And now I can highly recommend Mr. Saturday Night as well. So on Wednesday, because Sarah, you know, was kind of in a funk, and can you blame her? I got a call. I was planning on doing nothing. And I got a call from Jeff Ross, and he goes, you know, do you want to have lunch? And I'm like, ugh. <laughs> and I'm like, yeah, I should go out, you know, even though I like, oh, but I had plans on not do anything today, maybe do some work, whatever that is, quote, work. And so we finally um, decided to, well, he, I don't know what happened. There was a miscommunication. And he, we ended up at this place called Zero Bond. You might have saw it on Instagram. Again, show you on the bonus show. Went to this place, this very this big club called Zero Bond, which that's where I met Julian Edelman and everything. So so it was me, Jeff, Sarah, Sarah's boyfriend, Rory, and then later Yamanika came too. And they were like, Well, I've lunch there. Meanwhile, 
I didn't get to eat anything. Sarah's like, oh, you know, I haven't touched this salad. You can have this. And I'm like, all right. So I ate it, but then they never asked me if I wanted anything because that, you know, a salad is going to fill Dave Jessica. What are you kidding? Um, then, then we just left. I mean, it was, <laughs> I was like, well, I, I didn't get to eat anything. I, I didn't really get lunch. So I, I, it didn't matter. It was still a fun time. It was great to be there. And I was glad we were able to support Sarah in a very, very, very strange day in the sense of that. So then uh, we left. Sarah had to go because Sarah's working on this movie with Bradley Cooper. So she's got to go home and she's got to rest. And she's just coming off getting COVID. And so then me and Jeff, I walked Jeff to his place because he was taking Gilbert Gottfried's son to see Mr. Saturday Night. So I waited there for Max and and, uh, Gilbert's wife, Dara, to, you know, to see them and hang out a little bit. And then they they went off and I went down to my bar because I'm like, well, I'm right here. What the hell? And I'm already out. I wasn't planning anything. So I went there and I just sat by myself. I think I took a photo of myself just sitting there, you know, at a bar by myself like a gentleman. And I just had a couple of drinks and I just kept texting Sarah and saying, uh, listen, I got these reviews from my friends who say this guy, this is the way he reviews stuff. So I think, like I said, I think she felt better. And then I went to the cellar, you know, just to say hello, and I end up staying there like another three hours because that's the way it works. But it was great because it was such a beautiful night. You know, the cellar now has one of those horrible street shacks, except they really made it look nice, you know? So it's really a pleasant place to sit, especially now that the comics table kind of blows. Um, so I just sat there, and I was with uh, Dove Davidoff and Natterman and... People just kept coming by, and Rachel finally came by to part, and then Yamanika and all these people. So it was kind of great, a kind of great time. And uh, Steve, of course, was there, and we were just talking and having a good time and just laughing and just really having a good time for like hours and seeing everybody, you know, coming in and out and stuff. So that was really fun. Yeah. I feel like I, I, I don't think I did anything after that. Oh, that, I remember what it was. I met this girl who I'd met before, and that's what it was. She sat with us for a while. She's very pretty, but she's older. And um, she said she is a stage four cancer survivor. And we said, I thought once you get to stage four, that's the end. We didn't really know anybody who ever survived stage four. And she's like, yeah. So then we were like kind of questioning, like, well, I'm not sure about this woman. I don't know, because it was weird. I really thought stage four was the end. I don't think people, I feel like people don't recover from that. I guess they do, but boy, that's all she ever talks about, you know, and it's like weird after a while because they're like, well, what do you want me to do about it? Congratulations. I don't know. I mean, yeah, I guess she was like, people were like, I don't know. (laughs) I don't know. I mean, she was nothing but nice. So then at the end, um, I walked over to, I said, well, I use this bathroom down the street. I won't, uh, you know, pee here and I wanted to walk home. And she offered to drive me home. I walked her to her car and she offered to drive me home. I'm like, nah, I got to walk. I got to walk. I must walk a little. I mean, I have to. You got to walk off all the, you know, the alcohol or whatever. I mean, I got to do more walking. So I walked uh, to 14th and 1st and I got the halal guys and then I took the bike home. So whatever. At least I did some walking which was good. But that was like, I remember thinking that was like a fun day too. And then Thursday, of course, I went to go see my mom, which will be, I don't know, maybe the last time I can go. I, I don't know what's, I don't know what's going to happen, but I was able to get more root beer and birch beer. Not that you care, but I'm going to be doing that contest with 
uh, Mike, the producer of the Tuesday show, and Alon, when we're all together at the Comedy Cellar, once I start you know, doing the Tuesday show from there. And may I just say, last Tuesday was so fun. I am in love with Molly Heckerling. I think she's so cool. I love that she is totally forthcoming with, you know, don't doesn't mind talking about her dad being Harold Ramis and her mom being Amy Heckerling. And she was just such a delight and so fun and so cool, I think. That we, you know, we ended up doing a 90 minute show. She was really great. I, I, I want to have her on all the time. I really like her. And, you know, I was able to ask her that question about Ghostbusters Afterlife with her, you know, the ghost of her father in it, which is so weird. And, you know, ask her, how do you feel about that? Which is a strange question to ask, but that's what makes her so goddamn cool. She didn't take any offense. She answered the question. She's, I like her. She's really nice. I like her. I think, I think we could be friends. You know what I'm saying? Hey, what are you doing? You're Damone? Damn it, I forgot. Right. Your mother directed that movie. I guess. <laughs> oh, right, right. Oh, but I love that she loves what we love, which is, you know, she can talk about all these comedies because either her mother or father was involved with half of the stuff I talk about on a daily basis just on this show alone. What do you think? I hope we don't go to war. Excuse me, stewardess. Is there a movie on this flight? so that was super super fun and then you know on monday when i realized uh i just really thought i had like nothing going i had no no plans all weekend they just all happened at the and you know how i hate the last minute calls but it's kind of funny because on monday my sister called said hey we're in your neighborhood me and my friend and so i went down to like 53rd and 2nd, I said, well, there's Rosa Mexicana move. She goes, is that, it's too bad that place isn't across. I said, well, it moved down to 53rd and 2nd. So I met them for like a beer. It's just, I mean, you know, I hate the the drop bot, you know, the not knowing. And I did it, I did it three times this week because I still haven't told you about Friday. I got three calls on the day of and still went out. That is a different plan for me. I guess I'm trying to fit it in because I won't be able to do it anymore. Uh, during the day but I was very upset on Monday because I was trying to you know I'm trying to do this uh, Gotham comedy show which is happening June 22nd Wednesday June 22nd doing the Gotham comedy show but they still didn't have it on the site and I was getting upset we were having trouble making the stupid flyer and I was getting upset and I was supposed to perform Monday and I was getting really upset I'm like I don't want to I was very depressed very depressed so I was glad my sister called and I had a couple of drinks because then I felt much better and anyway, so that's happening, and I—that's right. I got to send out the flyers today so everybody can do it. So uh, they just couldn't. Uh, this guy—they paid this guy a hundred dollars for the flyer, and he just couldn't get it right. It was really messed up. Like my picture wasn't on it, and I'm like, "Come on, man!" So I don't care. It's uh, but it is happening June twenty second, Wednesday, June twenty second. Also, now that I think about it, I'm opening for Marina in Asbury Park this coming Friday, which I'm a little nervous about because. I have to work. And I got to get to Asbury Park somehow with all the traveling and everything. So I just told him, I'm like, I could take the train there, whatever. So I think I can do both. And it's a rooftop in Asbury Park. If for some reason you are at the Jersey Shore this uh, Friday night, Marina and I will be on the rooftop of, uh, what is it called? The Beer Garden, I think, or something in Asbury. So I'm kind of excited about that, even though I'm not excited because, you know, I hate doing stand-up comedy, but I have to. And I got to get ready for this Wednesday show, right? So I got to get, like, good. <laughs> I really gotta get good, right? Um, but I was glad she asked me, but she kept like I was like, she always told me she was gonna ask me and then she didn't and she didn't. And then uh so she called me on Friday, Marina Franklin I'm talking about, and I felt horrible because I couldn't do her show on Saturday, so she just canceled the show. 
what an honor for me. Um, but on Friday, she goes, hey, listen, do you want to come to this thing You know, today? And I kept meaning to ask you, and I didn't. It is uh, part of the Tribeca Film Festival, and it's a documentary. It's called The Musical about Rudolph Giuliani. And I said, yeah, okay, I'll go. And then she said, there's an after party after. I'm like, yeah, I'll go. I'll go. Because, again, I didn't want to go. I was, uh, what day was that? Friday, right? I'm like, Friday, I got, I just, and when I say I have other stuff to do, you know, I got nothing. But I'm like, no, I had planned on doing nothing or doing some, you know, I don't know, do my taxes, I don't, whatever. I'm like, no, 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 screw this. I got to go. I got to, I got to take these opportunities. So I dressed up and it was like two, two thirty in the afternoon. The thing was at a screening right by the Gotham Comedy Club. And she didn't know what it was. She's like, oh, it's a Broadway musical about Rudolph Giuliani. I'm like, it doesn't matter what it is. I'll go anyway. And she wanted, because it's the people from FX that are doing her show had another, had this. So I'm like, well, it's smart for you to go because you need to support the people that are supporting you. So she goes, exactly. So we went to see the show, the movie, and it's, it's a documentary on Rudolph Giuliani. It's called Rudy, the musical, But the documentary part is outstanding, but the musical part is just stupid, and it was bad, like really bad. They were trying a gimmick. Everybody has a documentary. They were trying to do something new. I totally get it, but it's bad. You will see it. You will be able to see it, not yet, but soon. It'll definitely come out because it's, you know, it's a really good documentary if you took out the music shit. It's bad. They were talking about writing the song. The songs are bad. And then they have these actors at a stage, an empty stage. It's just bad, bad, bad. And you're like hoping, God, please don't come back because then they have, you know, just the documentary. And like, this is really good. And then they go back to that musical thing and you're like, oh my God, please go away. This part sucks. But what's really interesting about the documentary which i think none of us had ever thought of which they the the director pointed out or the producer actually so you know unfortunately they start talking about september 11th and it's like crap i forgot about that i don't want to see any of this i don't like watching any of that stuff I, i i get the feeling anybody that was here that day in manhattan never wants to see that shit you know i think other people some people like you know, documentaries about it or, or movies about it and stuff. But anybody that was actually here, I, I don't think anybody wants to see it, remember it, or anything about it. And they had this footage. They had this footage I'd never seen before, actually, where, you know, somebody had a camera and these firemen were just looking at something in a manhole cover. Just a coincidence. You've probably seen it before where the first plane hits and you hear the sound of it, too. And I'd never seen that before. And I'm like, oh, God, right. And then they, I mean, then it just gets bad. But, you know, obviously you can't do a documentary of Rudolph Giuliani and not show what he used to be and used to stand for before his unbelievable epic fail. And then, you know, they go right up to the January 6th thing. And this was, you know, we saw it on Friday, the day after the primetime hearings of the January 6th committee, which was quite interesting, actually, and that poor girl that had to, you know, that hurt her head and everything. Really pretty. You know, I was thinking, there's a girl, I can't remember her name, what do they call her, office or something? Edwards, I think. She's very pretty and seems very nice and was and fascinating watching her do her job while trying to hold the crowd back. It's really fucked up. But I guarantee if this was the 90s 
and this wasn't the Me Too movement and all that kind of stuff, she'd probably be offered a lot of money to pose for Playboy. I guarantee you. I know it sounds awful, but you goddamn know if you were alive during that time, you know damn well Hugh Hefner would have offered her a boatload of money to do it, and she might have done it just to pay some bills or who knows. Uh, it, that's what I was thinking. I don't know why. Not that I want to see her name. I'm just saying this is the way it used to work before we knew better. So then, right, that's the thing. So we're talking about January 6th. And you forget that it was kind of Giuliani had an integral part in this January 6th, the trial by combat. And, of course, that legendary Four Seasons fuck up and all that kind of stuff. So so Rudolf Giuliani was involved in September 11th and January 6th. And we forget there's one there's one combining factor in these two legendary dates in U.S. history, and it's Rudolph Giuliani. And in one, he's a hero, and one, he's a zero. And it is quite fascinating. They don't really mention that in the film, but it's afterwards when you think about it, and you're like, all right. How do you like that? Meanwhile, the guy that made it, he said his grandfather wrote A Spoonful of Sugar and the Mary Poppins stuff. And I'm like, wait a minute, what? And then I asked him, and I said, are you related to Wendy Liebman? And she goes, yeah, I think she's a, uh, or I mean, her husband's a cousin, first cousin. And I'm like, oh, that makes sense, because, yeah, I know her husband's father wrote those songs or something. He said his grandfather, but I guess he must be younger. So I just keep meeting these people that seem to have written all the Mary Poppins songs. I don't know what the hell that's about. But I'll tell you, this guy does not have the talent. I'm telling. I mean, he's very talented. The documentary's outstanding. He was a nice guy. I can't think of his name. Jed. <laughs> I don't know. He looked good. He was wearing a jacket. You know, the same way I dress for uh, you know, a thing like that. Uh, but yeah, the music was awful, and the musical part of it was god awful. I mean, god awful. Like you just wanted it to stop, and you were angry. It certainly wasn't what the way Marina described it. It was worse. I thought it was going to be the show tunes that they did over this, but it was something about Rudy loving being an opera lover, so they wanted to do something with that, that what cachet about it or something. So, but it did not work. However, you know, if, if you see it, the 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 doc, if if you can stomach the you know minute that 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 you know keep they keep putting the music in, the rest of the documentary is excellent. The footage is really good. And there's a woman from the Washington Post who, you know, the interview is kind of pretty, but she's also like the best part of the movie because I guess she spent a lot of time with Rudy and has really funny, interesting things to say. And she seems really cool. I can't think, I want to say her name was Olivia something, but I can't remember. But she was really, really cool. So the documentary was good. So, you know, then we met the people and then we decided not to go to the after party. So I actually just went to Gotham and hung out with the owner for a little bit and had a beer. And I just walked home. I walked home. I could have gone to the bar next door. I'm like, nah, you know what? I'm partying tomorrow. I want to get a good night's sleep. I don't want to fall asleep during Mr. Saturday night. I get nervous about it because I did doze off during the Rudy thing. Marina had to jab me. And, she's, and I'm like, oh, thank you. She goes, yeah, no, I fell asleep too for a second. It's, it's hard to uh, stay awake for stuff when you're in the dark in comfortable chairs. That's why I was way against those uh, movie theaters with the lounge chairs. I'm like, no, that's just who's not going to fall asleep in that? That's what they're made for. So it's difficult, but it was only for a couple of seconds and everything was fine. And uh, what a, what an interesting week without 
I swear to God, when I when I finished, when I uh, started the week out, like on Monday, I'm like, I'm not going to have anything to talk about today because I don't have any plans. Meanwhile, since we recorded last Saturday, I told you that Rachel was coming over my house with her makeup artist and her 12-year-old daughter. So I went out after the show and I, or after we recorded and I cleaned the house a little bit and I bought some stuff. I'm like, well, it's embarrassing not to have anything. I mean, it's not for me to supply food, but there's a 12-year-old coming, you know, so I'll just buy some snacks and some drinks, you know. So I just I went to the corner deli and I bought some soda and some juices and some healthier stuff. And, you know, I, I think I was in the grocery store too and I bought some, you know, tomatoes like grape tomatoes you know i know some of them like healthy but i also bought like chips and you know stuff i, I don't know stuff a, a boy 12 year old would like for sure but i'm positive girls like it too you know cookies things like that so i spent about 50 bucks on groceries so i thought it was the right thing to do and it i was like you know saying to myself well it ain't gonna go to waste and i get the stuff and i unpack it and i put it in the refrigerator and I closed the refrigerator door. And then Rachel calls and said, hey, we're not going to come. And I'm like, you got to be kidding me. Son of a bitch. I said, I just spent $50 in the, the groceries. She's like, oh, everybody's mad at me today. I'm like, no, I'm not mad. I just, uh, she's like, well, Amy called. Amy Schumer called. She said it was ridiculous for me to go back to Manhattan since I was going back to Queens. I'm like, well, I said that too. What's so great about Amy saying that? That I just said that too. I mean, you're welcome to come here and do all this stuff, but it did seem ridiculous for you to come to Manhattan and back out to JFK Airport. It did seem ridiculous. So I guess she figured it out, and then she didn't come, and then I think she's mad at me because it was like some 60s-themed you know, party, and, I, and then I saw what they were all wearing, and I'm like, that's it? It was the worst-dressed 60s-themed thing I've, it was like these girls could have just dressed much hotter and they just didn't and i was really upset and i i, I think i was mean to rachel on tuesday i said i mean i always tell her she looks great because she does look great and i love the way she dressed i just did not like that outfit i go you look like you're wearing that potato sack that lucy was wearing in the, the i love lucy episode where she was going to paris i don't like i, I was picturing her wearing like a twa stewardess outfit the way she was saying she was getting made up you know, so I thought they were going to be like boots and like, you know, something. And none of the girls in the photos, you know, Amy Schumer and her friends and Rachel just, it was all like not, it just didn't look like a very good time. And I thought that's what girls do. They dress up, they're like, oh, a theme. I'm excited. And, you know, Rachel seemed like she was going to be excited. I just didn't like the costume change, but I guess I, I probably just should have kept my goddamn mouth shut. And I guess I had had a little bit to drink. And I like to be honest because then when she looks good, she knows I mean it. And that is 90% of the time. She looks unbelievable. I don't want to say 90. I want to say 99% of the time. I did not care for this outfit. It was not working for me. I didn't like the color. I didn't like the outfit. And, I'm like, and I don't understand how it fits in the 60s. I guess I just had a vision in my head. And you know me. If the vision in my head doesn't equal what I see, I get very upset. It's just like being asked out, you know, when I know I'm staying in today. Now, today, I'm staying in. It's taco night. I moved taco night from Saturdays to Sunday. <laughs> and uh, if somebody calls me to go out, I'm going to kill myself. I got to stay in today. I had too much to do yesterday. 
And I want to stay in today and I want to do stuff. Listen, I'm very uptight about how work is going to work. You know, I mean, I can't believe that Marina asked me to do something. I'm supposed to be off on Fridays anyway, so it's so funny that I'm doing something with Marina on Friday where I actually have to go to the office on Friday. And I just don't know how it's going to work. I have to go to the office Wednesday, Thursday, Friday until my hours are the way they're supposed to be where I have Saturdays and Sundays, you know, working from home. Oh, my God, that's going to be crazy. That's, I can't get it out of my head, but can you blame me? It's so messed up. I'm like, well, I won't be able to go see Mr. Saturday Night at 2 o'clock in the afternoon on a Saturday, but that's so goddamn rare anyway. I mean, I'm sure I could if somebody asked. I'm sure I can move stuff around probably in the future once I get there and know the people and everything. And then I'm thinking of all this crazy shit. I was thinking because, you know, Nick Griffin was in Vegas the other day. I'm like, well, if I got a week in Vegas, then I was thinking, you know, it's so funny because I'm working, you know, 8 to 4. So I'm like, well, you know. If I get a week in Vegas, I probably don't even have to take off work because I can work the entire week remotely because I would work from 5 a.m. to 1 p.m. I wouldn't miss a goddamn thing. And then I was thinking yesterday while I was watching Mr. Saturday Night, I remember exactly what it was. There was a song that his wife was singing about Tahiti. And I'm like, you know, I should go to Hawaii. And uh, maybe, you know, once I get some money, I've never been. I always wanted to go. And I'm like, you know, I won't have to take off work because then I have to work from two in the morning until eight in the morning or nine in the morning or something. I don't know. Uh, or 10. I don't remember what it was, but I, now I'm back in my mode where I'm like, well, how can I do stuff while not taking off work, which is a good work ethic to have, right? That's the best kind of work ethic. I'm trying to work out work without taking off. So those are good things, I guess, but it's just funny. I'm so crazed in my head, uh, you know, about having, I don't know, you know, a regulated schedule again. I'm nervous about it, but I'm also kind of excited about it. I don't know why. I feel like I'm going to just get stuff done, but probably not. I'll probably use an excuse to be like, well, I worked really hard today. Plus, I'm very uptight about waking up early, although today I woke up at 6 and recording and like it's not even 8 o'clock in the morning yet. So I don't know. I guess I'm ready. I am very nervous to be tired and sleepy and, you know, probably going to catch COVID immediately. Oh, I just don't know how it's going to work out. I just do not know. Six more payments, gentlemen. And this beautiful blue four-door luxury sedan is all mine. Oh, and yeah, and remember I told you my power steering went out. Well, I'll tell you, I bought it to that goddamn Jiffy Lube. And they're so good there at this one Jiffy Lube in Woodbridge, New Jersey. This guy, Leon, he's so good. They just put fluid in the power steering. I knew it was leaking. And he's telling the guy, the guy that... The most of the people that work at the Jiffy Lube are idiots. So the guy's like, oh, it looks full. But it wasn't full. So Leon goes, fill it up. And he's like, no, it's full. He goes, fill it up. It's empty. It's empty. Screaming at the guy. It's empty. So those are the normal people you get working there. So thank God this other guy was there. He knows everything about cars. And they don't even charge. They didn't even charge me for the steering fluid. I'm like, God, you got to charge me something. So I gave him 20 bucks again. To I was like, well, can you split this with Leon? Because I... I'm like, how come you guys are never charging me? Like, I want you to charge me. I mean, you put steering fluid in. That's got to cost something. This Jiffy Lube is unbelievable. It's the best place. Why do you think I'm so angry? I had to bring it to Manhattan and have them charge fucking $1,600. And that was not even getting everything apparently I needed to get done. And Jiffy Lube's charging me nothing. And the car runs fine when I bring it to Jiffy Lube. I mean, they usually tell me if that's something that they can't handle. But the fact of the matter is I think they could have handled it if I just went to the right guy on the right day. In fact, the guy told me, he's like, oh, I could have done this for you, but he wasn't there that day and I needed to get it done because I was getting nervous and I didn't know what the problem was. 
I don't know how this happened. I don't know how I found these people. I don't know what the story is, but thank God that stupid Jiffy Lube has been keeping my car running smoothly. I mean, it really is. The car is excellent. It's very, you know, there's so I tell my mother, I mean, the gas tank doesn't work. It always says it's on empty. So I, you know, but I know how to handle it. And it's not bothering because they said that would be really expensive to fix. But it doesn't bother me. I just fill it up and I put the mileage counter. And I know I got like 450 miles that I can go before I got to fill up. So I always have to fill up. That's the one with the bad thing. Because at this point with gas prices so high, I'd like to put in 20 bucks. But I have to fill up so I know where I am in the mileage. And my window wipers don't work. I mean, they work, but they go up when I turn the car on. So I have to put them down manually, which is hilarious. I've told you that before. And it's another thing of like, these are the things that just don't bother me. I don't care. I don't care to get them fixed. As long as the car is running, it's a smooth ride. Everything else is cool. Who cares about these little things? You know, I mean, that's, you know, I'm not, I'm not that, I, it just doesn't bother me. I mean, if the car is, as long as the car is running, I mean, the battery thing is a pain in the ass, but it's weird. Once it gets charged, it's fine the rest of the day, normally, except what happened for some reason at uh, at uh, my sister's house that day. I, I don't exactly know what happened that day, but normally one charge downstairs, I got to keep giving them more money uh, every time they do it because it's very kind of them to you know, have to bring uh, the start. But it's, but it's so simple. It just takes one charge and then that's it, you know, for a second. And then you just don't turn it off. And by the time I drive to Jersey, everything's, you know, the battery's all ready to go. It's really weird i don't know i don't understand the car but it keeps on running and i love having a car i mean i love it and i hate it the same no i love having a car in the city i just like i think today's the puerto rican day parade so i couldn't be happier than to stay in and if i got to see any more pride month shit i'm gonna fucking i can't take a full month of uh all this stuff you know the parade of the pride parade hasn't even happened yet i think that's next week I just, you know, I hate everything that's a month long. I just can't take it anymore. And, you know, they all have things going on outdoors and outside that, that you know, uh, annoy me. Everybody knows how I feel about all that stuff going on. I couldn't care less if you're gay or whatever. But, uh, you know, just don't take, uh, don't block the streets so I can't get by. You know, this Puerto Rican Day Parade is the absolute worst and everybody knows it. Because it's just a, you know, it's just a mess. And you can't even walk through Central Park. Like you can't, I can't go home. I have to like wait. It, it's just, it's, it's not, it's not like the people that are bad or although maybe they are. I don't know. I don't know if you remember this one story that I told you I had to get a police escort from this place where I dropped off a rental car and they're like, hey, we better walk you up there. I'm like, Why? I guess people, I don't know, they all seem nice and friendly. It's just, they're all just so into it. That's why I showed on the, uh, tu- the Tuesday show the other day, I was showing like a Memorial Day parade where everybody's waving American flags. It's very rare when you see that here because everybody's always raving, raving di- raising different flags from, you know, whether it's a Puerto Rican, a Dominican, the Israeli, you know, everything but American flags, you know, except on Veterans Day, which, of course, is always in the middle of the week and nobody gives a shit. We really, I mean, we really should have some sort of American parade. Veterans Day isn't good enough, but I guess Thanksgiving kind of counts in it, but nobody's ever carrying an American flag. 
Although at this point, everybody's so down in America, and can you blame them? The other countries are like, why are there so many shootings? It's pretty fucked up. You know, I had a theory on this. And it's the easiest thing. Oh, I see. I took a measure. December 6th is the 400th show, by my estimation. Just saying. But I think the reason why there's all these mass shootings all of a sudden, and I'll, I'll never understand... I know they want stronger gun laws, but it's like it seems like the gun law is uh, why are we selling AK whatever they are? Why are we selling assault rifles? Like what what's somebody doing with those? I understand getting a handgun to protect yourself or getting a shotgun for hunting if that's what indeed you want to do. But the assault rifles, what why are we selling those? What for what purpose are they? I mean, maybe you can make a taste a case that you know, if you want to do target practice and that's what you want to do so they can have guns there. But why would they, if, if you sell an assault weapon to somebody like that, why aren't they immediately being given to the police? I, I, I just, I, I can't, I must be missing something. Why don't they just stop selling those? I, I get selling a handgun to protect yourself and even, like I said, a shotgun. But um, the assault rifles, I, I just, I don't understand. But I feel like the reason this is happening all of a sudden is because this is what happens when you keep everybody locked up for two years. What do you think? It's it's a theory. It is not a horrible theory. You keep everybody locked up, people went crazy. Things, you know, keep people locked up, then all of a sudden all the prices go up. Uh, You know, things are just, things aren't back to normal. And I think, I feel like that's causing a lot of this. Yeah, it's a theory because why is this happening all of a sudden? Why are all these people so angry? I mean, everybody's angry, but why are they acting out now? You know, I mean, I know it's like been like this, but now it's out of control. And you can ask me, the people I was at the CNN thing with, I mean, that's, you know, it's all they're covering is always a measure. He goes, yeah, we used to, you know, go around, you know, go to Ukraine. I mean, even that is exciting as a war correspondent, but I don't want to go to a fucking school shooting. I don't want to cover that. Nobody wants to cover that. I'm a fucking reporter. I, I want to cover, you know, war stories because that's, you know, what why you become a reporter and not uh, shooting of, uh, you know, unarmed people. I mean, this, this, this stinks. But anyway. So where are we today? Uh, let's see. We got the uh, uh, this Friday in Asbury Park with Marina Franklin. Obviously, tonight, Tuesday show, just regular. Me and um, Mike, I uh, hope you join us. It's just so much fun seeing everybody in the chat room. Uh, this Friday, me and Marina together, the way it's supposed to be. We love each other, and hopefully it'll be funny. Hopefully, uh, some of the, my friends from Asbury Park will be there, so I can tell you all about that, and I'll tell you about work I mean, next week. Uh, Billy Joel this week. I think we have Sleeping with the Television on. Oh, my goodness. Oh, boy, is that song really, really great. I think it could be my favorite Billy Joel song of all time. So that is coming out this week, I believe. And then something crappy. (laughs) But uh, definitely listen to Billy Joel A to Z this week. Sleeping with the Television on. Quite frankly, I just listened back to She's Right on Time. I think it's one of our best episodes, so you might want to hear that one, too. 
It's a fun episode with a lot of laughs and a lot of people having a good time on Billy Joel A to Z. But this is Just Gow in the City. And once again, thank you all my Patreon subscribers for helping me as I bring this to you, which of course is my pleasure every week, every Tuesday at 6 a.m. Eastern Standard Time. And then of course at 6 p.m., you get more live Just Gal on the Tuesday show. So there's lots that you get. Your money's worth. Hopefully you feel that way for, and it is my pleasure to bring it to you. And I will see you all next week on June 21st. It's easy to do the days. It's June 7th, 14th, 21st, 28th. So I'll see you on the next seven days from now on an all new episode of Just Gal in the city. Good night, everybody. Your eyes are saying talk to me. But my attitude is for Don't waste your time But I won't say a word Cause it just might be Somebody else's same old Television on. Oh, 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 sleeping with the television on.